Well, boys, it's that time of year again. It's the annual tradition. It's the Cowboys fucking suck, and they didn't even try to win the game, and they fell flat on their face, and everything's a lie, and nothing is real, and love is a farce, and everything you care about is fake. Wallow in sorrow. Welcome to the last episode of season seven of Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Gatelli. I'm Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. For those of you lucky enough not to view the game on Saturday, your heavily favored Dallas Cowboys came in riding an 18-game home winning streak, and they said, hold my fucking beer, and got run over by a basically no-name Packers team who had... Shit. Was it bad? This is a Packers team that lost to the Giants, gave up 30 points to the Panthers... Uh, yeah, I mean, just any number of stats should point to the fact that this team was, shouldn't have even been in the same classification as the Dallas Cowboys. And like so many years past, dude, a, a a Cowboys team who had just had nine of their players crowned all pros came in and just laid down, just laid down. The first half was Green Bay touchdown, Cowboys punt. Green Bay uh, punt, Cowboys interception, Green Bay touchdown, Cowboys punt, Green Bay touchdown, Cowboys pick six, Cowboys touchdown for a 27-7 first half. It was so much worse than that, too. It was, it was, I don't, I can't put into words, like, how bad. Especially, like, halfway through the first half, of course. Yeah, I, I guess we can go where we watch this. I, I kept looking for good vibes, like, all weekend, all day. And everything that happened was just leading me to feel personally negative. And I know none of this shit should matter for the actual on the field. But for me personally, there's just this impending doom of feeling that I really wanted to shake and I couldn't. And it just it just slowly snowballed. And the Texans winning, I was like, fuck, there's this scenario where, like, they win and we lose, and everyone's like, "Fuck, it's the best team in Texas." Like that would suck. All of these home teams are winning. We like everything just sort of snowballed into this effect where I was like, I, I did not feel good, and they got the ball first, which I did not like because I didn't already trust our defense. And holy shit, did they make it look easy? Over, yeah, over. DQ, over. DQ decided uh, after. I mean, not that. You know, our normal base defense had been perfect. It had looked soft in weeks prior, but we'd basically run man all year. And DQ's base defense is, is a, a man defense. We decided to install uh, a zone uh, a zone defense for this game and ran it uh, a large portion of the time with basically zero success. Um, the, the, the Packers ran all over it. I mean... Um, I don't know it was worse. Like the the, well, I do know it was worse. The pass defense was worse, but the run defense, dude. Every single play was an Aaron Jones cutback, and every single play fucking worked. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know that made it uh, easy. Every play, every play worked. I know DQ got a lot of praise early in the season for adapting to our lack of linebacker bodies after like LVE got hurt and Overshone got hurt in preseason. And so he like dropped some guys. 
we were kind of running this big nickel concept where you have safeties playing linebacker. But if you're Aaron Jones and you're watching film coming into this week and you see that the Cowboys run a 200-pound linebacker in the middle, you're probably drooling, dude. Like, that's your dream come true. And Mike is undersized, even though he's great. They're, our DNs in general are undersized. We don't have a big nasty except Duncan's. Mozzie Smith was a – like, I'm just going to use the nicest word I can to describe his rookie season. Useless. That's that useless was his rookie season. So, Well, our entire rookie class, I think we were the worst <laughs> draft class in the NFL. And you go from, like, I don't know how they graded it. I, I'm sure it was based on either productions or snap play. We did have the least productive rookie class in the NFL this year. Yeah, I mean, the guys that got the most by going by... Like, and that's a problem, like, 50 on this list. Oh, for like, sure. That, for sure. Like, that, that's like a, a, that's a footnote in the disaster that happened in Dallas. But like the fact that your top two tacklers are Marquise Bell and Damone Clark, that's who they targeted, dude. Like they were like, that is the weakness of this defense, is that they are playing. They refuse to to alter this concept, and they are going. They think that these two safeties are going to play middle linebacker in the NFL against Aaron Jones. Okay, fine. But even when, accepted. even when they passed, they they would they ran. They did motion all game, which confused the shit out of Dan Quinn's defense all day. There was a play where the running man where Gilly gets so turned around that I, I'm sure I could have made the throw out to like Romeo Dobbs, who, by the way, had never had 100 yards heading into this game and had a career high like 65 in the third quarter. Um, they were sick. Like, I, they had a player who was so wide open, and I know we're jumping everywhere. I, we had a player who was so wide open that statistically someone measured it, and he was the most wide open player on any pass play in the NFL this season in the third quarter. Like, at no point did this defense ever rally. No. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get, I'm going to give like 3% more credit to the offense and the defense for the rally that they put on. Like, the score doesn't do it justice to how bad this was. Like, 32 to 48, which isn't close, by the way. It's still like three scores. It, it wasn't that close. Like, it was, didn't you guys think it was over? Well, I turned it off after the, yeah. I, I saw two drops. As, as soon as the punt, it was the the pick six. Honestly, that was when I knew that I could hope for. Oh, I think we lost Zach. If he can hear us, his his audio is much acting like the Cowboys on Sunday. It's just no showing for us. But uh, for me, to answer my own question there. I had a bad feeling. They went up 7 nothing, Dude, and that's what I fucking hate, man. Like, we're going to go into so many different things. Like, thank you guys for, for sticking around with us today. But one of the many things on this list is if this team falls behind, I lose hopes so quickly. Like, they, are, they either show up instantly or they lose. I think every game you didn't score in the first quarter this season, we lost. Every game we didn't have without a turnover, we lost. Like, we basically just... If we lay down in the first quarter, that was it. And when they went up 7 nothing, and then we punted, and McCarthy is calling second and 10 run plays consistently on the first entire first half. Like, Dak had an awful first half, and we get to that. I mean, he was one for four with a pit. But, dude, we were 
we were doing ourselves. I don't know what the play calls were early. We were trying to run no, them. I watched, and Kurt, it, I watched Kurt Warner's breakdown, and it was definitely the worst scheme I've ever seen from McCarthy, and that's saying something. I mean, not that he's like he. Does, it's not that he doesn't genius. have stinkers. This was just like um, it was even worse than his usual bad. Well, and Dak and Seedy weren't even on the same page for like, which has been the one thing that's worked for the last three months of this offense. Yep. And they, you could tell, dude, you could just tell looking at them. That's what I hated. It. They look shook, dude. And I can see that. story a temper tantrum on the first drive. We, we were talking yeah. today about Des Bryant, and Des caught a lot of negative attention for his like demeanor on the sidelines of games. But I, I told Ben, I prefer the way that Des express negativity so much more than the way CD does. When Dez was upset, he would be storming around the sidelines, kind of like yelling at guys like, we're better than that. We're the best in the league at this shit. We need to fucking tighten up. You know, get me the fucking ball. Like and Mike Griffin was the same way too. Yeah, he, they, those guys wanted the opportunity to impact the game. CD seems to like hang his head, sit away from everyone and give up. Like, yeah. For a guy who put up seventeen hundred yards and thirteen touchdowns, that's that's super shitty, man. It's super shitty, um, and it so speaks to just like there is just. I come away from it just being like, yeah, we can break down like, oh, you know, scheme and this guy played bad and this guy played bad, but there seems to be something deeper than any of these issues that affects this team, like. It makes it is mathematically almost impossible that they should be this unsuccessful in the postseason well, this many times, given the amount of talent they have. And I cannot imagine that they are like some incremental change away. Like when you have nine all pros, the problem. I'm just like, what are we? What is it? Ten all pros? Is it eleven? If one half of the entire team are on the all pro team, then will you be able to defeat a nine and eight? Wild card team with no pro bowlers on it. Like, there is something wedged into the DNA of this organization that when the calendar turns, they go from like, okay, this week we're playing X team to, okay, guys, we can't let it happen again. It can't be like the last 20 years. We have to overcome that. We can't let it happen again. We, and we can't, it can't be another one in the long two decade string of failures. And I think they just crumble. I just think they crumble. They're carrying the They're collective sins of like 300 Cowboys players in their mind. I mean, Des said it during the game that they're making the game bigger than what it is. Like they're not just out there playing the Packers. They're playing against ghosts. Like it's, I just don't, I, I don't think you're going to be able to, and I guess what I'm getting at is like, I, I find it horrendous that the approach they've chosen is like run it back with the exact same cast, same coaches, not even coordinator change. And same everything. I guess you hope you get a guy in the draft that's decent and make moves. Uh, there's so much to unpack there and here. So, like this game, there's so many angles to approach it from. It's such a foundational. Like, I haven't felt this way after a loss in probably our lifetime as where it just feels so hopeless. Like there's, there's no easy fix. There's more questions than answers. 
and I don't understand how anyone can look at what's happened and transpired over the last three years if you just won't even look at the Mike era. But to kind of pick on what Andy's done, like being a millennial cowboy fan, like this is our reality. Like you go back, we've had two franchise quarterbacks since basically Tony Romo took over in 2006 to now. And I bet if you just looked at amount of wounds that teams have in that stretch, we got to be top five. Hell, in the last three years in the Mike era, we're number two behind the Chiefs. And yet, those two guys combined are 4-9 and nine in the playoffs. And I've seen them come in in 2014. They had never lost a road game all season. Boom, boom, lose a fucking road game in Green Bay. Now, that was a shitty catch. Then I've seen them come in. I've seen Dak be a one seed in 2016. We lose the fucking divisional round. I saw Romo be a one seed in 07. We lose after the bye week. I've seen us come in as the front wild card team that catches fire at the end of the year in 09. We go up into Minnesota and get fucking blown out by Brett Favre and the Vikings. Like, there's so many. They've come in with such different teams and such different, different coaches, different identities, different coaches, different, different identity, different quarterback. And the result is the same. Like, we are now a combined four and nine in the Romo Dak era. With all four of these wins coming in the wild card. And so, you know, on one hand, it's, you know, Mike said something snippy yesterday or today when during his press conference, which was like, you know, we're not responsible for the last 20 years of, you know, playoff losses. We're just focused on, you know, what's on our plate, which they should, but the same token, like, I don't. And, and to get to what you're saying, Andy, there's no way they believe that. There's no way they don't feel that. Yeah, when they and if in. you refuse to acknowledge it, it's clearly hanging over them. And if you refuse to like acknowledge that that's what you're dealing with, then I don't see how you get your way through it. You know, it reminds me of a. Uh, this is going to be a weird interject, but it reminds me of of. Uh, there's this golfer named Podrick Harrington who won a few, and he was talked about. He's now backstage of his career, back nine of his career, just an old guy. And he talked about like, yeah, as you get older, you gain experience, right? But when you're young, you have innocence. And, and you yeah. sort of, you see these teams that enter in with just kind of, hey, man, you know, this, we don't know any better. We've always won, so we're going to come out and win. And what happens when you lose, what happens when you have those close calls or those choke games, or in this case, you just get embarrassed, is you build up scar tissue. Once it happens once, it can happen again, and it can happen again. And the, that's happened to both Mike and Dak now. Like Dak yeah. might be fine if he went to another team. But I don't know how any Cowboy fan I can tell is going to like. Oh yeah, the next time he comes back there with four more All Pros, he's going to be different. Well, that's that's why 2016 hurts so much worse in retrospect because they got he he did battle back and tie that game late, and then got hosed on that bullshit hail mary that should have been flagged immediately. Would have been flagged if we if it had been in reverse. And that robs, that that immediately just injects the poison into Dak, and it's over. Like the 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 same curse that Romo got in Seattle in 06, Dak got in Green Bay in 2016, and it feels like we just can't escape that shit, man. It's like it feels. Yeah, like it feels it. This was totally new regime, like complete tear down to the studs, new team, and that team's gonna have to go out and win its first playoff game, and then it'll be okay because they will have like. Touched victory unsullied by defeat. I feel, you know, you look at the last three years, 
I didn't really think much of the two Niner losses. I basically thought, hey, that team's just better than us. Like, I, I, still, if- I still don't, man. I, I still don't really like I'm not I'm not sitting here being like I mean, they didn't get thrashed by the Niners like no. But my point is like those two, like, you could kind of shrug off whatever one and two in that. But this one, man, when when everything broke right for this team, the Eagles implode in December. Yep. And give you the division, which you don't really even win. You kind of slip up and lose two of your last four, but they just implode completely. You get the two seed. You get, you know, you, you beat the Lions in that game. was probably their last, you know, effort. The Niners are really the only team of power. You're playing, you know, the number three seed, like I said, Lions are, are new to this. You haven't lost a game at home in two years. You're getting the home seed against at least the t- first two rounds against probably pretty poor opponents, and you just lay the biggest egg. I, I didn't see it coming. Like I, I truly thought this team would lose in the NFC Championship this year to the Niners. Like that's what I thought was on paper. I would have, I would have just again said, "Hey, they're better than us. We'll see what happens next time." But to get pantsed that early. And to make this team a laughing stock, like they're they're the butt of the joke again. Like you can trace the line from this to back with like Romo dropping the snap and the choke memes that used to get like when the internet social media was first taking off. Like there's a there's a direct line that maybe this team doesn't want to admit to, Andy. Maybe Mike doesn't want to admit to, but there's just something in the DNA of this organization that is fundamentally broken and corrupt at this point and I, I don't i don't know how after this loss against this team who is not there yet you can feel confident in this unit ever again yeah i mean i'm there with you i don't and it sucks because you, you I, don't want to go through a whole season being like what are we gonna do? You know, get on here and not have hype when we go twelve and five? Like, no. I mean, I, here's the thing, man. Like, I've I've kind of like I thought as I as the news sunk in that Jerry had basically sold the fans out and was just like, "Fuck you! You'll buy tickets. Fuck you! You'll buy popcorn." Like, I don't care. Winning isn't winning. Just I mean, Jerry's just so afraid of being truly bad that he's not willing to do what it takes to be great. And so being very good is perfect. It's stable. When you're old, you don't want to... Jerry's a thousand years old. He's not about to go like gunsling to make a legacy. You know what I mean? Like he has his legacy. He doesn't give a shit. So Jerry doesn't want to die with his last season being some six and 10 year because they tried something crazy. Um, He would rather go out like this, like 12 and five every year. Like, oh, you know, playoff game. You know what I mean? Like that's how he wants it. Um. When, and that's, I guess, the big question. Like, what – this was a guy, you know, who used to have a pretty short leash with coaches. I mean, Jimmy was gone, and obviously they had their, their head-butting. But Barry didn't get more than five years. Chan Doley got two. Dave Campo got three. Parcells think, may have got I think three or four. Young, I think if it's young Jerry, I think Mike's gone, and we'd have something – I think he might do something crazy. I think you might see Deion Sanders be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I think you might see – I mean, something yeah. yeah, something really crazy. But I just don't think that's in the cards. I think Jerry, old age brings a desire for stability, familiar things, things that are predictable. Like, And so, yeah, man, um, 
but I don't think, uh, you know, anything could happen. For all we know, next year they'll fucking do it. And maybe I'll be wrong. But my gut Jesus, tells me I... that the only way that anything's really going to change is they're going to have to blow the whole thing up. All the way down to the studs. Um, you know, I've I'm with you there too, man. I... That I think, I think you can build around. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's insubstantial. I mean, for, for all their shittiness, the Cowboys have become incredibly good talent evaluators, drafters, talent developers. Um, they have some really elite talent at some key positions, but I do think you're going to need to get a new quarterback and I do think you're going to need to get a, a better head coach. Um, and they've decided not to do that for another year. So that's a shame. It feels like Jerry's chose, and I don't even know if this is totally the wrong call. I, I think I lean with you, Andy. And I don't, Zach, I want you to weigh in too. Like, what will you guys do truly? Because I, I think keeping Mike and Dak is the path of least resistance. They can fool themselves again into stability, even though there's no true upside there. Right? Well, there's no getting but, rid of Dak outside of convincing him to cut his trade clause, which if he'll do that, great. I don't think he will. Um, I would bite the bullet and pay the $60 million next year, um, which I think they're going to do. I don't think they're going to renew him. Although I said they weren't going to keep Mike in DQ, and here we are. So maybe for all I know, they're going to sign up again. But um, I would I would bite the bullet, pay Dak what they owe him, and then say, you know, you have played really fucking good football for the Dallas Cowboys, and we really wish it had worked out. We, we no one, everyone let each other down. We let you down. You let us down. Everyone let everyone down. Um, let Dak finish his career somewhere where he might have a shot at a title. And I think there are teams that are a Dak Prescott away. And I think he could go do a Matt Stafford thing easily. The Dak um, question, and, and just sorry to interject real quick here. He's clearly good, right? Like you don't win that many games. I mean, he was a second team all pro this year. So I don't, I wasn't going to do this whole podcast and be like, that guy fucking sucks. He's a, you know, all these hot take Twitter, you know, responses. But I think the, the more complicated question is, is Dak paying him what he's owed as an all pro at 45, 50 million? Is he part of the solution and not something else that you have to overcome? And if that's you, in no, doubt, I mean, you can't, you can't I, he's something like, you have to overcome yeah. at this point. It's not, and it's that's not talent, it's mentality. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to, to build on a two and five resume in the playoffs. And not all of those are squarely on him, but again, you know, he picked a real shitty time to play his worst half of football this season. And that first half was about as bad as he's ever looked. And you can give the offense some credit. Once the defense got really soft and the pressure was off, yeah, they started balling. But that defense, I guess, just lay down all day. But squarely on him, I mean, I, I just don't – I just have no faith that it's ever going to happen here anymore. You know, so – I just don't think I don't, any – I just don't think anyone in a leadership position on this team is going to be here when it happens. I think it's just, like I said, the poison's too deep at this point. It's, It's over. Like – I have always been a huge defender of Dak. Dak plays amazing football. 
again, I I would not be surprised at all if Dak went to a different team and immediately won two playoff games. Wouldn't shock me in the least bit. Because I don't I, I just I, I do not think it is Dak Prescott that's holding this team back. I think this team is holding itself back, like across the board. Because it's not like, oh man, everyone played fucking amazing and then Dak sucked. Everyone played like that. And they always do. Like so yeah. it, it is something in the fucking water, man. Um and you know, we can talk about the other, you know, I, I know you, you do not agree with me on this one, but like Micah Parsons doesn't know what a big game is. His name never gets spoken aloud during any game against a team above 500. Um, for a guy that talented, maybe the best football player I've ever seen in my life, the drop, the difference between Micah against a, a bad team and Micah and a good team is incredible. He is a total non-factor, like does not impact the game. Um, comparing him to DeMarcus Ware, who was alone out there. Like DeMarcus Ware was on defenses for the Cowboys that were god-awful. DeMarcus Ware never had a sackless playoff game for this franchise. And then at like a billion years old and injury-prone, he goes to Denver and is basically the goddamn Super Bowl MVP. Um, and again, I don't know if that's Micah or this team or or DQ or the scheme or that loser shit that has seeped into every crevice of this franchise. Um, but it, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks to like watch Micah have a, you know, three, you know, two and a half sack game against Carolina. And then when we play San Francisco, not on the stat sheet. When we play, you know, any of these teams, just like does not exist. No play, one sack in four career playoff games. Like, just not there. Just not there. Um, so, I again, I agree with you. Ultimately, I think Dak Prescott is just something you've you've put yourself into a bind contract wise. He's basically impossible to trade. Um, I don't know if there's a way to talk him into accepting a trade clause with the right team um i don't think he do i don't think he would unless you benched him unless dallas said hey next year and they're not doing that now now that they're bringing mike back like they're not going to yeah. say hey we're going to go with trey lance and like peace dog like if you want to no. if you want to play this year you're going to have to wave that trade clause homie because you're going to your half your cap is going to be cd micah and deck that's the thing too they they still have to pay cd and micah who just came off you know, CD uh, Mike is a three-time All-Pro. CD just came off the best wide receiver year of any wide receiver in the NFL this season, including Tyree Kill. So, you know, I, it sucks because the, the answer clearly isn't more talent. They led the NFL with All-Pros. So, like, say you find another Micah to put next to him. Okay, like, are they just going to get out-schemed again? Because... I saw Bob Stern breaking it down on Twitter. Like all these run plays, they basically just send a second guy, a sniffer at Micah every single time. And we're like, no one else in your team's going to make a play. So we're just going to keep that guy from doing it. And the rest of your team is going to get fucking gashed. And if he's that easy to scheme out or Dan Quinn's that easy to scheme against, then he seems like a part of the problem now. And we were singing his praises. Like last year's yeah. team, do you remember? We, we had oh, yeah. missed Dak for five games, and that defense shut people the fuck down. What was that defense oh, yeah. this year? 
against teams with a losing record, this defense gave up 11 points a game. Against teams with a winning record, they gave up 28 points a game this season, if you include the Green Bay. 28 a game. And I... I guess they're just I guess they're just running it back for one more season, but again, that just goes to I don't understand. I think, Jerry's gotten so well, and I think they they change. To, I think they know they have to keep Dak because of the, the contract thing, and Mike's contract goes through next year. It might just be the easiest from a cap it's situation a, to be it's like, a path of least resistance, but it's I don't know guy, if it's the right you're path. Bring in, if you're gonna bring in a new guy, give him his choice of quarterback, give him, you know, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, but DQ should have gone. Like that's inexcusable. Um, that it sucks. It's it just. I mean, if Jerry's again, number one goal is to win a Super Bowl and it's Super Bowl or bust, we've just not seen him do that. And so I, I've always been against the the people who blame Jerry for everything that goes wrong with this team. And as an owner, he's been fantastic for business, for the brand, all that. Well, and, again, and Jerry doesn't really run the team. Like we need to, we also need to put Steven in here too, because Steven is doing of course. a lot of the yeah. shit that we're like lumping onto Jerry is really Steven at this point and has been for five to seven years. And again, I think you're right. I think they're so afraid of wandering in the abyss because there's this timeline and it's a dark one where they let Dak walk and like, Look around. Yeah, they, re- they remember 2000, you know, 1999, 2000, 2002. Like, they remember those years. We don't really, but they do. And yeah. they're making a shitload more money now and having a lot more fun now. And I'm sure they believe, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they talk themselves into, like, it'll be different because they're close to it. And they're, like, they feel the energy. And the players believe they're going to do it. You know what I mean? So, like... Well, yeah. I mean, if it was if if you could give me dictator powers, then like, yeah, man, like I would have fired Mike on the way home. I would have yeah. done anything to get Jim Harbaugh. I would have figured out the situation with Dak immediately, whether that's hey, you're here for a year, or hey, is there any way we can find you another home? Um, I'm keeping CD. I'm keeping Ferg, who I think was the only guy that showed any real spine in that game because he's too young and the poison hasn't set in. Oh, without a doubt. I'm keeping Tyler. I'm yeah. I'm keeping Tyler. I'm keeping Zach. Um I'm keeping Anger and Aubrey, Bland and Diggs. And outside of that, it's kind of a first come, first serve. I'm trading anyone else I can. I'm I'm really hoping that I can flip Micah for like multiple first round picks. Boy, I think that's – if you got a King's Ransom for him, you could maybe talk me into it. Because you got to replace the QB. Where are you going to get the QB? You either, you either go through a, a year where you win two games to get to the top ten, or you flip Micah, and yeah, jersey sales take a hit, and you, you'll have to fit, find three sacks against Carolina somewhere else, but your sack total against the Niners stays the same, and your sack total against – Every team of the winning record stays the same. And if you get two first round picks, you might find another Micah. And you might find a QB. I I I, I still want I'm on one board for just about everything that you've said, except I, I still am very much in the Micah is a one of one freak, but I agree I'd like him to be a game wrecker at some point 
at any point in a postseason wow. game or in this wow. defense to ever show up in a postseason game alone. I'm going to say I agree with Andy. What's Mike up, has been disappointing recently. He has not lived up to his potential. He's starting to come off like the defensive Saquon Barkley. That's almost impossible because Saquon was just so fucking over, like, ridiculously overhyped. But, like, yeah, people did compare him to LT. Like, come on. LT. Michael Parsons is not LT. Michael Parsons is, like, a very good defensive end. Not great. Not, Not 15 sacks, even. Like, he's very good. And I'll be the first to tell you that he gets horrendous treatment by the referees. I don't. They actually that. drew two holds in this one. Yeah, I was amazed by that one. Um, the problem is, like every time they drop him back, like I thought we had dudes who could get to the pass rush. We don't. Like if he, if they move him anywhere, like dude, Tank Lawrence has been the biggest shit talker on this defense since like the Hot Boys days. Like Tank's always got something to say. Again, before this game, he was like. They're like, how are we going to send him Jones? He's like, tank plan. He won't be back then. And that guy was fucking invisible. He was like PFF's fifth highest graded defender this year, and he was invisible in that game. Well, again, I did game plan for tank. A lo- During the actual game itself, I did end up watching the game later, but live, one of the big plays I saw of him was first drive, Green Bay drives all the way down the field, third down and, and seven. And you're like, okay, you got a third and long, okay? Like, if you can you can stop this, hold them to a field goal, get the offense on the field, you have a chance. Tank, in our home stadium, dude, so it's not like you get you get drawn off sides by a first-year QB's fucking hard count on third and seven. Like, then it's third and two, and it's a tush push for a first down, and it's first and goal. Like... I mean, that's just embarrassing, bro. That's super fucking embarrassing. Yeah. I he's towards the top of my I mean, I don't I, I just think the only person on defense you really build around is Diggs and Micah. I'd let them all. Other <laughs> than that, I don't know. Like I, I keep Diggs and Bland. I uh, again, man, like maybe Tank sucked, but he had <laughs> He had twice as many tackles as Micah. Like he did, he did more than Micah. Like he's not getting game planned against. No one's scared of Tank. Micah at least draws double teams and triple teams. Tank's out there on an island. That's fair. That's fair. But goddamn, I would really like Micah to do something. I would love for him to be the best player on the field in more than just like, hey, he generated five pressures today. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, but- dude, it's like I hate having to like go to advanced statistics to like prove to someone that he was playing that day. That's a really difficult I fucking position to be I in. I agree. I agree. Again, I would say your defensive coordinator got completely outcoached by I, Michael I Ford. agree with you. Michael Ford absolutely you. said, hey, this dude's the one dude we have to worry about. And they well, I'll tell you what, playing to him and – they, Dan Quinn they, cannot Dan coach Quinn. against the guys who were on his staff in Atlanta. He cannot do it. Shannon oh, yeah, LaFleur. Who's the other guy that was on there? Like uh McDean. Well, uh, I guess Damian wasn't there yet. I don't know. But I'm trying that to Shanahan coaching tree has pretty yeah. much gotten the better of Dan Quinn. 
And again, a solid defensive coordinator. Mike's probably a solid head coach. They just don't give you a schematic advantage. They do not. Never have I watched a game, and this is the problem when they get to the playoffs again. Are those guys going to outcoach like the McVeighs of the world, the LaFleurs of the world, the Harbaugh's of the world? Like, who, who are they outcoaching? Maybe Sirianni, because he's a fucking bum. But outside of that, like, do you think Dable had equal talent to what, what the Cowboys do? Like, he wouldn't just pants Stan Quinn on that yeah, side of the ball? Oh, like, obviously. I don't know, man. It, I feel it, like it we've, wasted, we've wasted several years with Mike, who everyone knew was kind of a lame duck. While other teams have gotten their Lafleur, their Mike McDaniel, their Kyle Shanahan, their you know what I mean? Like these guys, there's not yeah. a limited of them. And every year we keep Mike is another year we don't get one of these guys. The question is like, we saw like Ben Johnson elevate golf, and this year had a very good year. We've seen Tua get elevated by Mike McDaniel's presence. Kyle Shanahan elevates every quarterback that's ever touched. I mean, golly, Matt. I mean, Matt Ryan would be a forgotten man if it wasn't for the one year Kyle Shanahan blessed him with an MVP. Uh, What is like? Does Mike actually elevate Dak? And maybe someone would say yes. I mean, technically, this was Dak's only All Pro year with Mike calling plays, but it feels like for this offense to ever be successful. Dak has to pitch a perfect game. They have no run game. They have it, you know, an elite wide receiver, a professional number two in Cooks, and an emerging young tight end who still has a little bit of drop issues, but is otherwise pretty damn good. And Dak has to be fucking Mr. Perfect. It's not like those guys are schemed wide open. No. And that's what I want. One thing I, I, I if you haven't watched it, go watch uh, Kurt Warner's breakdown. The scheme McCarthy drew up is one of the worst things I've ever seen. It calls for Dak to basically be on. I mean, it would. it's asking him to basically play the best game of his life to beat this nine and eight team. Like there's just easier ways to do it, man. Like you just don't need to run this scheme where it's like, Okay, dude, we're going to put you in a series of third and longs where the only way out is intermediate passes between 14 and 22 yards where you need to throw tight window, high timing, tight window throws to the sideline. Like, those are the hardest throws in pro football, dude. And like, I'm not, again, I'm not defending Dak's performance. He play like shit. It's just like, you know that Dak can play really well and he has played really well this year. I don't know why you need to like roll the dice on the game like that. Being like, well, let's just make Dak impress everyone. You know what I mean? Like the the Patriots didn't do that with Brady. They were never like, let's let's make Brady's passing performance the most impressive shit in the world. It was always boring as hell. Brady made like two impressive passes a game, and the rest were dumb. Yeah, they basically right. invented like the slot receiver in Wes yeah. Welker, like, so, and then the two tight end. Yeah, I I don't know it. it it feels again like you don't. You have a quarterback who's good, not amazing, at least not, you know, I mean, there's very few, but you're going to have to pay him elite money. You have a coach who's good, but is not going to outcoach anyone who's actually really good. And you have a defensive coordinator who's elevated this defense, but like, not against like the really good play callers. So you get a team that beats up on bad opponents and can't beat anyone who's 
got a pulse of winning a championship. Well, you you you, you had Jason Garrett who just eight, sucked. Yeah, you were just like I wouldn't even say sucked. I'd say you're mediocre, right? You're eight and eight. You're like the definition of fucking mediocre. Then you bring in all these guys. Now you're like I would call you good, right? Like yeah, you are. They're good. Twelve games. You go to the playoffs, but you get stomped out by very good to great teams. Now you need to figure out what it takes to go from good to great. And I think the cost of that, unfortunately for this team, is going to be pretty high. Like The thing is, like, look at teams who have made big-time calls to get better. I mean, I always go back to the Rams, and I know they're one of one, but they made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and they still sent his ass packing for a guy and sent two firsts along with it for Matt Stafford. They took a hell of a gamble to do that. And but they, they had but they had McVay. Like they knew they had the goods. Like there's no there's no I don't think there's any collection of players that gets you. I mean, maybe if you suddenly one to one trade Dak for Patrick Mahomes or again, there's probably three quarterbacks better than well, that. So, that's what I mean. The Cowboys like, you're right. The Cowboys problem is there's not like Oh, they just you bring in this guy and everything's fixed. Like it's you can bring a, in Jeffrey Simmons is like a great yeah. defensive tackle, and I guarantee somebody will look at this scheme and be like, "Okay, well, we'll just scheme him out." And you need to, you need to get, you need to find like again, dude. Like Mike McCarthy was just never going to be the next the fucking you answer. Find the, you need to find. I think the they hoped he was going to be Andy Reid. Yeah. And I think what you need to do is you need to find the guy that's going to define the next like era of Cowboys football, not just like the guy that's going to be next on the list. You need to find the next guy that people are going to compare themselves to. Like right now, everybody that coaches the Cowboys is modeling themselves after Jimmy Johnson, Tom Landry. You need to find the next in that line. So like you need to find the guy who's going to be here for 20 years, not Four, hopefully. You well, I mean? so, trying. I think what's frustrating is is Jerry should have. Jerry is GM mainly name only, but like Jerry and Steven are about the safest guys at their job. Like a lot of GMs don't take big swings because they don't want to get shit canned when it doesn't work out. Jerry's never losing the gig, so he should be more aggressive than anyone. Like we should, yeah. at this point, we should just rotate through OCs until you just accidentally stumble upon somebody who's really good at their job. Like you have nothing; you're not beholden to any of these people. You could you could flip a coach every two years until you hit on someone. Um, I, you know, and instead they just stick with the path of least resistance again, and. It just doesn't feel like a championship move, and that's what sucks. And, you know, we were going to get on here and have a fun pod the last couple of days and speculate about what direction they should go, and instead we have to come up here and be like, hey, this loss sucked. I, I'm unequivocally calling it the worst loss in Cowboy history that I can imagine. I'm sure my uncles and, you know, older cousins might find something. I, I really racked my brain coming on here, and I could not recall a worse loss than this one. As, an, as on the embarrassing okay. scale, for for me, the the Vikings oh uh, nine was worse, but yeah, that's t- and they got smashed by Minnesota. I I got uh, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me during that game in a Chili's in Missouri, and I cried into a basket of chicken crispers <laughs> in public. 
while we got smashed. So that's tough. I've always thought, you know, she could have waited till Monday. You know what I mean? Like kind of <laughs> kind of rude, if nothing else. Like I was sitting there in like a cowboy Santa hat and a Romo jersey. Like, imagine what a clown, a buffoon I looked like. Oh, and, and that's how I feel. That's how we always feel. This season always ends with us crying into a basket of chicken crispers, looking like fools for telling anyone who listens to this podcast that this year will be different. And I, you know, I posted a a, a tweet to the pod. I had a lot during the games. I was expressing my sadness and anger. And the one I have pinned, I'm going to leave all season. And it's just Lucy pulling the football from Charlie Brown. That's the gift. And I just, I'm going to leave that up there pinned because that is what this organization has done to me and Andy since 2006 when Romo took over, baby. I mean, this is, how many teams have you bought into that you're like, this could be our year. This could be our team. 07, 09, 2014 for sure. 2016 for sure. 2018, 2021, <laughs> 2022, 2023. Yeah. yeah. So six or seven or eight teams in the last 15 years. What, what sucks yeah. about this one is, again, I thought they'd lose in the NFC title, but I never thought they'd get pants by the Packers like that. I fucking hate the Packers, dude. I fucking hate them. Z, do you have thoughts you want to – I know you, you had some internet issues, so I don't know what you've uh, been able to hear. I know we've jumped around everywhere for people listening. This is one of those existential crisis pods where, again, I feel like a fucking idiot because I remember at the Niner pod, I legitimately sat in this very chair looking at your two faces being like, yeah, this team's fraudulent. They just are. And they still somehow, Dak's like, oh, just kidding. I'm going to play like an MVP all of a sudden. And I was like, well... Maybe, maybe the Bills should just make Bones Fossil fucking head coach, dude, and just fucking let it ride, bro. But Bones had, um, he we had two all pros on Bones' units. An article released January fourth. Okay, so like fourteen days ago today, the top five coordinators in offense, defense, and special teams based on the NFLPA player surveys. This is who the players have selected as the best coordinators. For offense, number one, Frank Smith, Miami Dolphins. Number two, Thomas Brown, Carolina Panthers. Number three, Brian Schottenheimer, Dallas Cowboys. Number five is Kellen. Top five defensive okay. coordinators. Number one, Aaron Glenn. This list is invalidated. Number two, Steve Wilkes, San Francisco 49ers. Number three, Dan Quinn, Dallas Cowboys. Top five special teams coordinators, according to the players. Number one, Bones. So the Cowboys apparently, top three coordinator in every fucking position. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah, the players also voted Jalen Hurts the number two player in the NFL last Let year. Me so they can Let me ask you this. Kick rocks. Let's say uh, you have like time machine technology and uh, you know, you're not just like replaying the same events. You're like, you can see like everything play out over and over again until, you know, iterations. Some time is a flat circle. So. Do, you, do you think they always lose that game? 
Like, do you think that if they play that game 10 times, you think Green Bay kicks their ass 10 times? Or do you think they got their worst outcome? I don't know if they get embarrassed 10 times. I think clearly watching it, they were outcoached on both sides of the ball. So I would say they lose that a lot more than they win it. They're such front runners, so I don't know. I guess if they magically had gotten the ball first, and like that's the only thing I can think. If they got the ball first and marched down the field, maybe that's a different game. But legitimately, they got stomped on the first drive, and I, I, I'm sad how quickly I was like, "Fuck," you yeah, know, yeah. like because if that was a week sixteen game, I watched I watch ten plays of football. <laughs> If that was a week sixteen game, what's so frustrating is I, I honestly would have been like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. They scored first. Who gives a shit? But in the playoffs, and that's the thing, like millennial cowboy fans have now grown up with such a shroud of disappointment that I believe even in the home stadium that that feeling is palpable. And I bet on everything I love, I bet if you were at the Cowboys Stadium and the Green Bay game seven nothing. Everyone's heartbeat got a little faster. I bet the nerves. I bet you could could smell the panic in that arena. I'll tell you what really sucks about being a millennial Cowboys fan is that you get all the hate that comes with being a Cowboys fan. People shit on you all the time. People still take like victory laps when we lose. Yeah, and you get nothing for it. Like it's not like you've ever experienced the wins. Like we were six, dude. Like you don't. You didn't experience those. They didn't mean anything. Like, nothing when you're six means shit, except, like, cake. So, like, oh. yeah, it's ridiculous. So, like, we are paying for all the victories of our fathers, and we get none of the upside, all the shit talk, and we have been through 30 years of hell. It's the worst. Yeah, we kind of are America's team now, right? Like, the, the biggest, baddest brands. And just nothing to. I don't want to go too deep, but you get Twilight where I'm going. Empire, Twilight yeah. and Empire. Um, I don't know. It's all bad. Like that's what sucks. Is there's no. I didn't feel as shitty the last two seasons, and this one I feel so bad that I I don't I don't know how we'll have faith in this team until it, game- it goes to the screws. During the game, I was talking to Cassie, and I was in full-on, like, I'm not watching this team anymore ever again mode. And she was like, you say that every year, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, shut up. And I hit her. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> but she was like, you say that every year. And then you back, you go back and watch them. And I was like, I know, but for real, like, this is real different. This is fucking awful. Like, I, I don't know why I watch this team. She's like, well, maybe you should just watch the game every week for fun with no expectation of the following week or the end of the year. And I was like, I don't think I can do that, but like that is a better approach. So that's what I'm going to try to do next year is like treat the Cowboys like a TV show that I watch every week. And I'll come on here with you boys and talk about it. But I know in my heart right now that this is going to happen again next year. And I'm just going to really work towards being in a place where it won't hurt me as much. You know, my, uh, we have different for for those of you. Well, I guess no one can see this because it's audio. We don't have a live YouTube. But my time, my my name in the uh, chat here or in the video call is "Time is a flat circle." 
which is a reference to True Detective Season 1, for those of you who somehow missed it. Terrific show. And what Andy, it basically feels like these last few seasons, and even next one, like how many times have we had this conversation? How many times have we been sitting here? And it's going to happen over and over and over and over again. And and that's the sad feeling that I have. You know, to use another phrase from that same show from, from Russ Colwitz, we're racing to a red light every year with this team. And I know we're rambling, Zach. I, I try to get you in. I don't know how your audio is. I'll try again. I don't uh, I don't know if you've got anything that uh, has popped in your head while we've been going on here, but feel free. The floor is yours, Mr. Hey, Love. I'm having real bad general issues. It's been very difficult for me to contribute. But I do want to get this in. I've had this sinking feeling that this game will break Dak. He has shown a issue uh, with mentality. Like playoffs or regular season? Regular season. I mean, for after all this time, I don't think this type of situation he can come back with, with like lighting a fire in his belly and getting out there. Like, I am seriously worried that this might have mentally broken him when it comes to being a quarterback for the Cowboys. Like, I do not expect him to have a good regular season. That is what I'm worried about, that this has kind of shook him. He's going to come out there and yeah. next season, and he's just going to be bad. Well, I'm well worried about that, would be, that, would be, that would be good for us. I mean, if he's getting paid $60 million next year and then leaving, like we would actually prefer that they have a bad result because we need a new quarterback. And we would rather have one bad year and get a new QB than Dak plays good, then he leaves, then we have to have a bad year and then get a new QB. So that would shorten the timeline. But on the other hand, I that would really surprise me. Like, Dak went through a year where he didn't know if he was ever going to walk again and then his brother killed himself. And then he came back and played the best year of his life. Or Dak had a year where he didn't know if he was ever going to play football again and his mom died of cancer. And then he played the best year of football of his life. I don't know if Dak is wired to take a football game loss hard enough to not come back. I think he's, I mean, I don't know if he's good enough to win your championship, but if there's one thing I'm not worried about is that Dak will like a goldfish come back out and keep slinging like that. I do not worry about now. Again, I would actually prefer that. Like I would like it if Dak came out and we won easy on us year and we could let him walk and we got a top 10 pick and could go get his replacement. But that won't happen. Like we'll win. 10 or 12. I mean, again, dude, like as shitty as we are in the postseason, we have, 12, we have like 10 all throws on this team. Like they're going to mow through half the competition they play next year. They're going to crush everyone in the division. Like the division is garbage. So they're going to have at least six free wins. Like I do wonder on that note for Zach, I do wonder, pardon me, if they do have a poor start to the season. If they lay down like they did that last Wade Phillips year, you know, where they had been so good for two years and then they finally were like, this is never going to happen with this guy. And they just quit on that team. They started about one and six or something, two and s- That's no, my fear. Like That's what led to the Jason Garrett. Yeah. That would be, that and that's an not interesting. Approach. Silly Dak. I just think, I think it'd be, they've had such 
three terrible flameouts. I know all those guys won them back. Dak won them back. Jake Ferguson posted a the fifty cent video of Mike dancing. That's I, I think they're just going to convince themselves. You know what I mean? Like again, athletes are just wired differently. And again, your denial. Dude, I, the, uh, correct and like frankly, that team in twenty ten was bad. They were a bad football team. Like. I mean, you have incredibly young Dez who's not there yet. Miles Austin was hurt. You have Dez also got hurt that year. Dez also got hurt that year. You have no running back like Felix Jones and Tashard Choice. Uh, People's I mean, choice. Fuck yeah, dude, your defense is fucking atrocious, dude. Allen Ball is your safety, dude. Like, is that Roy Williams still there? He was still there at this. Let me, let me let me just give you a let me let's just run you know to end on a high note. Let's run with the 2010 Dallas Cowboys wide receiver room: Miles Austin, Des Bryant, Patrick Creighton, Jesse Hawley, uh, Sam Hurd, recently released from federal prison for selling cocaine to an undercover FBI agent in a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Shout out to Sam. Uh, Roy Williams, number eleven, still there, baby. Yeah, yeah, hook him horns. Um, your offensive lineman, Alex Barron on the team. Tight. Oh, fuck yeah. We lost Mark the first Colombo, game of the season that year. Phil Costa, Doug Free, Andre Gerard. Mm-hmm. Doug Free. That's it, dude. There's like no – that was like pre-Tyron, pre-Frederick, pre-everybody. Yeah, because we got Tyron um, in the 2011 draft. That was – Yep. Um, um, if they do keep Dak, you know, and they don't extend him, and so his cap hit next year is massive. The last year of his deal. Yep, sixty million. There's this, there's this fear that we won't field a good team. And I would point out to people: the only guys you're for sure losing if you do that are Tyron Smith and Tony Pollard, at least guys that contribute every day. And I'm it's not like Tony Pollard was gone anyway. And Tyron, I love him to death, and he did. Play he's an really all pro well this year. I mean, he's just he's going to give you what five to twelve games a year, and that's you're not getting more than that. And that's been the way for a decade. So if there's one thing this Cowboys staff has done or scouting is fine, usable O-linemen. So. Man, this is a oh, Gerald Sensenbaugh, dude. Jamar Wall. What a, what a team. Who was our corners? Tino? Was that Tino and Jenkins still? You got... Uh, your your defensive backs in general are Alan Ball, Barry Church, uh, <laughs> Church ha- Hamlin, Mike Jenkins, Danny McRae, T. New, Orlando Scandrick, Gerald Sensenbaugh, Jamar Wall, and Pat Watkins. Mm. Mm. Your your uh your kicker is the fucking most jacked kicker in NFL history, David Bueller, baby. He can. <laughs> Oh, he's so the hardest hitting kicker in the league, dude. He benches he so instead. <laughs> Bro, I hate th- these teams, dude. I hate these old. Do you remember teams. Jerry drafted him? See Jerry drafted have, him. Dude, see how good we have it? Like it could be worse, all right? Like Jerry drafted him to be a kickoff specialist. We didn't even let him kick. Like that's a fucking gimmick. He, to, he did not kick field goals. He kicked. He kicked off so that he could go with somebody down the field. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah, brother. And then Delbert Alvarado would come in and kick the normal kicks. And then on the reserve list, dude, Martellus Bennett, baby. Oh, God, yes. Wings, dude, to come in whenever we need him. 
Oh man, your week one roster. Oh my god. Marion Barber, dude, was still on the team in twenty twenty. Wow. Alex Barron, dude, what a piece of shit. Josh Brent at nose tackle. The famous Ooh. Josh Brent. Mm. Brady James, Tough. Sean Lee, Anthony Spencer, Demarcus Ware, Brandon Brady James Williams. was something. Oh, dude. Keith Brooking, Victor Butler, Brady James, dude. Like this was a <laughs> that was a fun linebacker group, bro. Oh. You dude, think how, this about, would... how, how about this for a fucking quarterback room? Romo, Kitna, Stephen McGee, baby. He doesn't even slide. He's so tough, dude. He doesn't <laughs> slide. Aggie fans like he's gonna take over for Romo. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, lost two playoff games. And now we we just haven't changed at all, except now we have more talent and still lose. We're, dude, our team now would stomp this team into the fucking dust, and we we still can't win. Like I did hear Dez talking. He said that this team this year was more talented than any team he was ever on in the Garrett era, which I think is probably true. He he also uh, I was watching that. Although I don't know, the twenty fourteen was, I maybe mean, they were top heavy, but they were nasty. I at least they had a run game. They had a great running back and a great wide receiver and a great quarterback and the best offensive line probably that they had in ever. That was the peak of the so, line for sure. That defense was definitely I'd say not as good as this defense, but this defense just got half a hundred hung on it. So, yeah, so maybe uh, maybe it was. De- De- they asked Des uh, to compare the 88s and uh he did say he thinks that cd's gonna cd's better than him yeah he thinks cd will, will break all the records which cd gets a lot more opportunities than des did which is he did say that he said he wished he played for mike a guy that gets his playmakers the ball which uh Des does not have a lot of nice things to say about Jason Garrett. I'll just say that. That's the only name he'll say. Most people he doesn't like, he doesn't say their name out loud. But Jason Garrett, he goes full on. Uh, and he's got a complicated history with Jerry and them, but he doesn't – I think there's a lot of love still with Jerry and Steven, but he does not like Jason Garrett at all. Dude, the the, the story that he told about the, uh, the London game where he's like he, – he's like, they wouldn't give me the ball – I demanded the ball. Romo gave me the ball. I house called two of them, and then they shut me down for the rest of the day. I was like, "Come on, Des, you caught I remember. five more balls that day." <laughs> yeah, I remember that 2014 season. That was fun times before we were heartbroken. At least we lost that one in heartbreaking fashion, not embarrassing fashion. But see, that's I don't why know worse. I don't know what's better. I don't. I really don't know what's better. It's like playing the what if game with that, or just this team well, knowing that they sucked. These and never had a chance. Years like this make me so much angrier about 2016 and 2014 because who knows what those teams could have done if they hadn't gotten fucked? Like the, the 2014 team already won a playoff game. They should have won that game, and then who knows what they do the next week. Against Seattle, you know what I mean. Like they've already, no, we beat already Seattle had that year, and we already had some doubts. And we beat them in Seattle. Um, yeah, and we already had and we already had doubts about this year's team based on last year and based on the sure. fact that any time they had a major test, they seemed to flunk it. Dude, this year 20, the twenty sixteen team they went down at the half, but then they roared back. Dak scores the game tying touchdown and the two point conversion, 
And then they get away with the most insane hold I've ever seen to get that fucking Hail Mary off. I'll never Not forget. Not to mention, Wilson Crosby was pretty much a career bomb, and he hit a 52-yarder for the win, which always made me pissed off because that guy was not a good kicker. He was mid as shit. It's just one of those plays where I always say, like, if that happened in reverse, they would have flagged, they would have given us 10 flags for that hole, dude. They were, like, ripping David Irving in half. But such is our luck, boys. Um, I don't know. We we pretty much barbecued everyone. Like, uh, if you came to this pod just to listen to to us be upset, you know, I think I think we delivered. You there's no worth. I don't think there's anything that I can really say other than yeah. I don't think Mike's the guy. I don't think Dak is the guy given the contract that he's going to have to get, and I don't think Dylan Quinn should be employed either. So you know, they're rolling back probably all three and. I don't know. Time's a flat circle. We'll see. I'm like I said. I'm gonna try to enjoy. Um, I'm gonna try to enjoy weekly wins, and then. But I'll just know. You know, I'm just gonna make peace with it early, so that it doesn't. The hope doesn't build, and I don't get angry. And all good is when people talk shit, and they're like, "Yeah, you guys are gonna choke in the playoffs." Like, yeah, (laughs) probably. Yeah, yeah, we are, dude. Probably that would that would be like us, wouldn't it? Um, we want to do our uh, playoff star of goat boys so that I can keep track for the future. The playoffs. I mean, is everyone just going to give it to Ferg since he's the only guy worth a that's shit? That's who, who I was going to go with was Ferg. That's who, uh, I just yeah. didn't know if anyone had anything funny. Okay, so the final pl- was funny because he didn't get one in the regular season. The man who had three touchdowns in this one, albeit. None of them when the game was in any sort of contention. But Jake Ferguson, we applaud you for your breakout year. Uh, Thanks for showing a little bit of fight. You are the star love goat of the wild card round. Good for Jake Ferguson. I'm actually excited about him coming back. You know I was on the Ferg train day one. Um. A couple like depressing stats that I held back that just for some people. So we are the first team to win 12 games three straight times that did not at least make a conference championship. We are the first two seed to ever lose to a seven seed since they expanded to seven seed. We have lost three straight playoff games where we have been at least a touchdown favorite. That's fun. And. What was the last one I had? Uh, well, I don't have it off cuff, but oh, and the Green Bay Packers now have more playoff wins in AT and T Stadium than the Dallas Cowboys do since its inception. So, so cool. <laughs> well done, lads. All right, boys. Um, we had some pod picks. I know we may oh, not come back. Not watching these games. <laughs> Gosh, I think I Zach, you might be dead then. Si- I haven't watched a minute of football since we lost. Dude, you didn't, watch that, you didn't watch that no. Eagles game? Oh, nope. dude, it was so... I, I, I admit I we're losers now, and I years. loved it. I haven't even watched I, the Super Bowl in several years. Like, as soon as we lose, I get so mad about football. I'm like, I'm not watching this shit. 
Um, I I really wish you had watched that Eagles game. It, it brought me back to life a little bit. It was so fun watching them get get punched by Baker Mayfield. All right, maybe so, I'll watch. Maybe I'll go watch the, that that game in retrospect. Um, we did all choose pretty much the same teams. We all chose the Browns. They got housed. We all chose the Chiefs. They won big. We all chose the Bills. They won big. We all chose the Cowboys. We're idiots. Uh, I chose the Lions. They squeaked one out for old Jared Goff. You boys were both on the Rams. And then we all did get the Bucks. So those count as three. So I still pick up three more points on y'all. Zach, you are really in the cellar. I think you just got to go buy something from Dude Perfect and take a picture can we, now. Can we, can we select what he gets from Dude Perfect? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, what do you think, Z? Uh, you can make suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to share my screen. <laughs> so for those of you who okay. followed us all year or have it, uh, oh, dude. we did a pick em. Sick, dude, you get 10% off with code POUNDITNOGGIN. <laughs> I love these man, guys. Man, Zach, we're going to make your life fucking hell. <laughs> Actually, I kind of, I kind of fuck with this one, dude. This is actually, I would, I would wear this, just like unironically. If I didn't know what it was, yeah, that's pretty sick. I can't see any what you're showing. Make him get the sunglasses. That'd be sick, and he has to wear them on the pod next year, for every pod. Ooh, nice. That basketball's fun. Although they definitely just stole the like Tiffany thing, but okay, view all. Let's see what's going on. This is like definitely like like elite teenager wear, like hyper color tie dye. Like that's what teenagers definitely rock now. Oh, this hockey jersey. Ooh, this is a good one too. The dude perfect like Miami basketball jersey, dude. I think the one point flat bill hat, and he just has to wear it doing every cowboy game day last year. Just a DP hat. I, I you think know, it would I, be great. As much as I shit on these guys, I have to give it to them. This is like not the worst merch in the world. No, their merch is actually. Uh, I'll, I'll shout out to them. I mean, I never wear most of this, but I mean, th- this is very cleanly, like very professionally designed and well done. And for their target audience, which is like fourteen-year-old boys, I'm sure this shit slaps. And this is a well-designed T-shirt. You know what I mean? Like that's that's very well done. Maybe just that one that says well, "Dude, perfect" on it. I, I want this one because it'll make no. It'll make let you buy the outfit and wear it. will no sense for Zach to have to wear this shirt that just says "Tall Guy Beard Twins Purple Hoser." You know, what the oh, fuck is that? And then he wears that out. Somebody's gonna recognize him and come ask him about it, and he's gonna have no fucking clue. <laughs> he's gonna have to put on a fit. So he's going, dude. Oh, dude! This is a customizable football jersey. Okay, we can put this. We can put something funny on the back. Oh man, there's like a whole bunch of different styles. Oh, these are actually sick. <laughs> Don't think they'd let you do that. But... <laughs> Sixty-nine, yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe you should tell the audience what you're typing in. 
Uh, if you your name, Zach. <laughs> uh, if you buy that and send it to me, I will wear that on the pod. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> Oh god, I wish I could type right now. Those are so good. <laughs> I'm gonna spend all night on the dude perfect jersey customization screen. Just do something on the back just so it has nothing to do with it. They just be like, the earth is flat. And then somebody watches <laughs> somebody will think he's down. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Mm. That's sick. Oh man, I I know our audience can't see what's going on, but that's I'm gonna edit it's all probably this out, for the best. So, <laughs> I'm gonna edit all this out. So. Oh, oh yes. you should leave Zach, it. Who cares? Zach, Let him listen Zach, to the laugh track. There you go. Zach, we will find the perfect piece of Dude Perfect's memorabilia for you to, to rock to the next wedding you have to attend. Joy. Was this the shittiest 12 and 5 season of all time? Like, if you compare all 12 win seasons, is this the worst? Uh. I have to look it up. I'm sure there's somebody equally embarrassing. Oh, that like that Chargers team that was like <laughs> thirteen and three, and they were like number one offense, number one defense, and then they lost in the first round. Let's actually compare this, and I don't know if it's the best take, but what if Dax just like Philip Rivers two point Like I think really, really good, but you know what I mean, like borderline. All pro pro bowler at his best, but just never really made a big playoff run. Yeah. I think you could definitely make that case. I mean, dude, honestly, like, there's so many parallels between him and Romo. Like, they're both like guys that were counted out in the in the draft process. I mean, obviously Dak was drafted and Romo wasn't, but that I think that's just a because of the schools they went to. Um then they both become the captain of America's team and they're like kind of always in the discussion for like top five, top 10, pretty good. Seem to choke in huge moments. Unfortunately, there's a lot of reasons that it's not their fault. It's a lot of reasons that it is their fault. Supporting cast, blah, blah, blah. Like bad coach. I mean, history does seem to repeat itself through these two guys. And that's why I tend to come back around to that conclusion that it's like, I think it's deeper than the guy holding the, the ball. Yeah, I do too, and you know, it sucks that we've arrived here after what feels like eight years of a question feels like it got answered this year and not the way we wanted it to, and that's a bummer. And again, I don't put it all on him, just from an organization standpoint. It is what it is. I mean, you you can't just like keep running it back and hoping it gets better. Um, I, I, I think the only... Like I said in the text group this afternoon, I think 
to overcome what this organization has to overcome, you're going to need a truly transcendent talent at one of quarterback or head coach. Uh, and I think if by some miracle you got that head coach, do I think that they could, do I think Dak has the, the raw talent to be good enough to win? Yes, I do. Obviously. I mean, we, we saw it this year. Like if he could translate that into the playoffs, we could easily be good enough to win. Um, what if like our defense was ever good in the playoffs? Wouldn't that be yeah, nice? That'd be great too. I mean, like again, like I, I will say, I'm gonna give you guys this on the Micah thing, just to rehash. I will say we're talking about transcendent talents. I really did think he was one of those guys, and through two, three games this year, I thought like that guy's gonna be the best player on any field. If we win a Super Bowl, it's gonna be on his back, not anyone else's, and it just. He may be very, very good, but he's not that level of good. And that's, you know, and that's, I was hoping he was the transcendent talent. I don't think he is. I think he's just a great talent. Yeah. But. And I, and again, like those are hard to find. And so maybe, but, and that, and I guess that's why I come to the conclusion of like, you might want to look at moving him because if he's a really good player, but he has the reputation of a generational LT player and someone will pay that price for him. There's an arbitrage opportunity there, you know? Yeah. But it all sucks, man. It all sucks. Um, I I tell myself that this is the price you pay when you choose a sports team. Um, you know, when I look at the other, the only other sport that I really like watch all the events of, which is Formula One, I came into it late in life. And so while I have teams that I really like and I have a team that I root for, it's not like the Cowboys. And so even though when the team does bad, it doesn't like emotionally affect me when they win. It also doesn't bring me the joy that the Cowboys do. And so I know that like, unfortunately this is what you did. This is the, the cost of it. It's like the highs come with lows and the pain. It's part of the game. So that's life, baby. Just can't believe we're gonna go thirty years since that ninety-five season. That's nuts. I mean, we, we we should also keep perspective that again, most teams do, most teams have, and this year even would be the most successful season in the last decade for like the Lions, half the league, twenty teams. Like, I know, but you get one prize, you know. I know, I get it, and the standards are different here. I, I get that too. Like, they were at one point. I don't know if they are for Jerry anymore. No, no, but no. I mean the the stand the expectations. Like, yeah, the Cowboys are just never going. Like, as fans, as an organization, like winning a playoff game or like winning the division title are never. Like, it's gonna- like. Yankee fans and Laker fans saying like we get lumped yeah, into it. They're never thinking about like, oh wow, we won a playoff series. Who gives yeah, a shit? It doesn't matter how long these teams like that suck. Like it's never going to be like Cleveland where they're like, oh my gosh, ten wins. Yeah, Detroit has the most expensive playoff ticket in town right now because they're like, wow, Lakers, we made the playoffs, guys. I wonder how many houses in Detroit you can buy for the fucking cost of one of those tickets. Five to seven. 
Yeah. Um, but congrats to them. It must be nice to, to like have faith in your team. And I guess if we're, we're saying who we want to win it all now, I told Zach this immediately after. I'm not rooting for one of these fairy tales. I'm not rooting for Buffalo no, to get theirs. to win. Or, or you know, I, I've said this. I want Mahomes and KC to win again, and everybody else is just like, oh, you guys thought you had a chance? Nope. It's just That'd a dynasty. You're I all fucked. No one needs to have happiness except this one organization. Fuck everyone else. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. That's see, my. It's that's, not even new for my homes now. It's just a vindictive. No one else that, gets to experience see, joy. Do you remember when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and everyone was like, "Well, like, I don't like the Eagles, but like, I'm so tired of Brady." I was like, "Listen, we're used to Brady. We know that. Okay, that's not, gonna, that's that's not going to feel that bad if he wins again. You know what will feel bad." When people are yelling Philly special all over the fucking road while shooting fentanyl, okay? That's what's going to feel bad. And it came true, and I was right. It was proven right, yet again. You were right about your boy Hurts. He was yes, about- I will gloat a little bit. I, I sat here a year ago. <laughs> That's why I see you it, it, man. It was, it was so fun. It was so fun to watch. I was just so angry at football, dude. I was, so, I was in my dark space. I was in my depression hole. Yeah, that's fair. I had retreated to reading mediocre fantasy novels in a warm bathtub, and I got real sick. The day of the Cowboys game, I got this fucking flu, and I was already sick. The next day, I couldn't even talk. It was fucking ass. I've been sick for like five days. Fucking horrible. Hmm. All right, boys. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I have a quick one. Um, semi, semi-sentimental. Uh, uh, for for anybody uh, who who's gone through this, when you when you lose a parent, and my old man's been gone ten years, but the first time whenever the Cowboys lose a game, he's always the first person I I always think about picking up a phone call to uh, holler at. Luckily, I have you boys, but uh, just for anybody you know who might have uh, lost one along the way this year, and we are your reprieve. If there are any of those out there, I just want to say that. Uh, I've been there, and I, I thank you guys for listening, and uh, hopefully we can provide you know a little bit of that outlet of uh, fans who share your same pain and maybe the same bond that you or whatever family member or friend passed away shared. So Hell yeah, bro. Just want to put that out there. Hell yeah. You know, I'm, I was worried that my daughter was going to be born the week of the Super Bowl. And I was like, man... I'll be so nervous. Now I'm like, she's going to come into a world where her dad's not worried about the Cowboys at all. She's not even thinking about him. And that's probably for the best, you know? Mm-hmm. There are things more important than football. Z, final thoughts on the season? We might have lost him. <laughs> I know, buddy. Well said. All right. Well, as always, folks, we do really appreciate those who take the time to listen. If you'd like what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. We'll be back before you know it to cover the draft, talk about guys and guys we like and who they should get and whatnot and so forth. Season eight. Much like season seven, time is a flat circle.
Thank you so much for joining us for yet another of these. Season 7 was amazing because of viewers like you. As always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. We love you. Take it easy. Signing out. Keon Coleman. See you next August. Peace.